WABC New York and 1071 WLIR Hampton Bays. It's the 77 WABC News Hour. Talking the news with Noah Layden. All the news you need to know with Joe Nolan, Traffic, Justin Ellick, Sports. And now, talking the news with Noah on 77 WABC. Yep, that's me, 5 o'clock. Good morning. It is Wednesday, October 11th. Your forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center. Mix of sun and clouds today. Just a beauty on the way. High 70 tonight. And overnight, a few clouds, low 53. And then Wednesday, just uh, kind of like today, sunshine, high 71. If you're walking out the door with us right now, it is 50 and clear in Orangeburg up in Rockland County, 47 and clear in Salem down in New Jersey. And it is 54 and partly cloudy right here in Midtown. So much to get to as we work our way up. Six o'clock hour, Sid and friends in the morning. Of course, the big story continues to be what is going on in the Middle East in Gaza and in Israel. And uh, on our newsmaker line, we'll start there. Caroline Glick is a senior contributing editor of the Jewish News Syndicate, and she's the host of the Caroline Glick Show on JNS. She's also a diplomatic commentator for Israel's Channel 14, as well as a columnist for Newsweek. And I'm happy that she's joining us on the newsmaker line. Good morning, Caroline. Uh, good morning. Thank you for coming on. You are in Jerusalem. Do I have that right? I'm south of Jerusalem, but in the Jerusalem area. Yeah. Okay, give me a little sense of what is uh, going on in Israel today. Well, right now we just had uh, air raid sirens uh, for the second time in the Galilee. Uh, so we're being, uh, like it or not, we're in a two-front war. Um, Hezbollah, Iran's Lebanese proxy, has been... Uh, incrementally increasing its uh, its uh, attacks on Israel with cross-border penetrations and uh, mortars uh, and and uh, and drones uh, over the past several days. So that's what's happening now. And aside from that, um, you know, the the aerial bombardment of Gaza continues. Uh, skirmishes, attempted infiltrations from Gaza continue. Um, our Navy has been active in, in trying to block uh, uh, Hamas uh, uh, divers from uh, entering Israel from the sea and um, and our ground forces as well. Two of them actually penetrated Israel last night and were, were killed in the southern city of Ashkelon. But uh, it's an active uh, terrorist environment still inside of uh, south uh, is- southern Israel, and we also have uh, the an imminent ground uh, invasion of uh Gaza by Israel's ground forces is also uh, um, uh, now uh, um, uh, expected. Tell me, go back to what you were saying. There was rockets fired into the Galilee. Of course, that's different what's been going on on the southern border. And I know there had been a number of rockets have been shot over the couple of days. Were there, uh, were there a lot of rockets? And did those rockets I'm not hit sure. anything? I just got the initial report right now, but it's the second time this morning. Um, and uh, the uh, the communities along the border with uh, Lebanon have been evacuated. So I, I think that our assessment is that um, we're going to be um, we're, we're going we're going to have to handle both fronts. Uh, Hezbollah is not taking uh, Biden's uh, President Biden's warning uh, uh, seriously. They're, they're they're going ahead with their plan. 
Yeah, and I saw the tanks amassing on the northern border as well and members of the military getting ready for whatever may come there yesterday on the roads leading up that direction. Right. I mean, we have we have already uh, uh, drafted 300,000 uh, reservists into the service, uh, and we've called up another 360,000, which is the largest single mobilization in Israeli history of, of reservists. So uh, we have plenty of forces in the north, and we have plenty of forces in the south, and we're going to get more uh, in in the next day or so. So I think... Um, uh, you know, we, we have uh, flights that are full uh, returning with reservists who are abroad. Uh, so I think we're 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 getting ready. What's this ground war going to look like? Do you know? Do you have any sense? Um, well, I mean, I don't want to get into the specifics also because I don't know them. But I mean, from a tactical perspective, what we need to do is take over the Gaza Strip. We need to uh, physically uh, uh, conquer it. We need to reoccupy Gaza so that uh, there won't be a any more Hamas regime, and we have to liquidate uh, Hamas. Uh, you know, this is a war of annihilation. That's what they launched against us on Saturday. So it's either them or us. It's going to be them. Yeah, and, and the you know the death toll, of course, continues to climb. Was it twelve hundred Israelis now? And so, and more casualties, no doubt. If you begin a ground war in Gaza, no. Yeah. Yep. I mean, that number will rise, and and. From the Israeli perspective, can they handle more? I mean, 1,200 is just so, that number so overwhelming in itself. But I guess, as you say, it's it's us against them, so maybe there's no choice. No, this is not a war that uh, we asked for. This is not a war we were interested in. This is a war that uh, we've been beset by. Um, and uh, I think, you know, one of the first uh, conclusions that we had to reach, even as uh, the slaughter was still going on in on, on uh, Saturday was that, uh, you know, we, we've had this uh, experiment with trying to coexist with the jihadist regime at our doorsteps that's gone on uh, for many, many years with Gaza and and uh, to to a significant degree as well as uh, the Palestinian Authority in, in Judea and Samaria. And, and on Saturday, that that experiment, it was never successful, but on, on that on Saturday, it ended uh, in complete and utter failure. So, you know, we can't have a jihadist regime in charge of any territory or operating in any coherent and organized fashion uh, anywhere near Israel. So, uh, yeah, we have to take care of that. And and, and, uh, we have to take care of Hezbollah as well, which is a jihadist organization that uh, controls Lebanon and acts as Iran's uh, foreign legion. Uh, It has transformed that entire country into one big missile base to be used against Israel. You know, so you, you potentially are fighting on two fronts in the south and in the north. What's going on in the West Bank? Has it been quiet there? Um, we've had a lot of attempted copycats in uh, different uh, Jewish communities. Uh, we've had a lot of celebration and jubilation. Uh, the Palestinian Authority, which is supposed to be the responsible adult, has exposed itself once again as a full partner with Hamas, both in the international arena where you have people like the PLO, representative at the U.N. accusing Israel of genocide and uh, going out into the world and, and being uh, serving as, as Hamas's uh, uh, foreign ministry uh, and diplomatic corps. And you also have Hamas parades, victory celebrations in Ramallah and other cities and uh, massive use of social media to pump out all of the uh, Hamas uh, footage of uh, 
the, the torture of the Jewish victims. WABC News Time 509 on the Newsmaker Line with Caroline Glick, who's the senior contributing editor of the Jewish News Syndicate, host of the Caroline Glick Show on JNS, also a diplomatic commentator for Israel's Channel 14, as well a columnist for Newsweek magazine. Uh, Caroline, I want to ask you about these, the number being thrown out, 150 or so hostages that might be in Gaza. Is uh, Most of them Israeli. Some of them may be American. What is the conversation in Israel about those hostages today? Um, you know, obviously there's uh, there's a great deal of concern. Um, we're still trying to identify all of them. Uh, and uh, uh, I know 60 families have already been notified that their loved ones are being held hostage. Um, I, I think, you know, the 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 overwhelming uh, sentiment is that the only way for us to rescue them is um, is by uh, is by actually conquering Gaza and doing it in a military operation. Uh, even among the families of the uh, of the um, of the hostages, uh, you're hearing calls for the for the government not to negotiate at all uh, with uh, Hamas or anybody else about their loved ones because they don't want this to happen again. And obviously, any exchange uh, at all for terrorists in Israeli prisons in exchange for our, our children and women who are being held in Gaza and our soldiers who are being held in Gaza is uh, is an invitation for further aggression. So I think... Um, um, that that's the expectation. Again, the people understand that we're in a war of annihilation, and either they annihilate us as they did to the communities in the South on on Saturday, or uh, or they're done. Do we? Have and we, that's the only way. Have Have there been any videos of these hostages? I know sometimes that takes place. Uh, anything to show that they're alive? Any pictures of them? Anything like that? Um, you know, uh, yeah. Uh, but they're not being made public. Uh, they're being blocked. Uh, Israeli children and, uh, have been instructed uh, to uh, cancel their TikTok accounts and Instagram accounts because apparently Hamas is using those platforms to uh, terrorize uh, our children um, and by exposing them to hostage videos. So, um, and, and the education ministry stopped all instruction on Zoom and moved to other platforms because Zoom apparently has also been uh, compromised and, and uh, made vulnerable. So, uh, you know, we're, we're just going to have to uh, 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 see. But, uh, yeah, they, they, you know, and, and they're, they're, you know, these are sadists. It's not, um, you know, the Nazis didn't brag about uh, the genocide they carried out against the Jews. They just they did it and they tried to even keep it uh, quiet uh, in some ways. But that's the exact opposite tactic of what these jihadists are doing in Hamas um, and their supporters. Uh, they're they're reveling in it and celebrating it and, and bragging about it. And then, you know, they have the cell phones of their hostages and they're calling up the uh, parents and uh, and bragging about how they've been torturing their children and raping their daughters. So, um, you know, that that's what what's happening. And that's why, you know, uh, I think there's such unity of purpose among Israelis, because it, it, there's no way to there's no way to candy coat those. Yeah. And I, I, I'm guessing that it's easy to suggest that the shock of Saturday has now turned to anger on Wednesday, no? 
I mean, it turned to it turned to anger on on Saturday night. You know, that was when we started the aerial bombing. There was still a lot of shock, so the initial bombings weren't as powerful as they became uh, later. Uh, you know, because yeah, it takes a, it takes a little bit of time. The the army was caught. Uh, you know, we're going to have to have a serious commission of of investigation to figure out how. We were taken by surprise how all of our defenses were neutralized and, and our people were slaughtered. Uh, that's a huge, huge, huge issue. And everybody is kind of chomping at the bit to figure that out and wondering whether, you know, the people who are responsible for that uh, can possibly continue on as, as commanders. But uh, be that as it may, you know, they understand, everybody understands that we have one one demand and one requirement, which is the obliteration of Hamas. And inside Israel, and I'm just going to keep you for another minute, inside Israel today we're hearing word that people, of course, are, uh, you know, getting ready for this ground invasion and uh, have been, you know, grabbing items off store shelves, worried that they may be stuck at home for a while. Is that accurate, that grocery stores or shelves are bare today? Um, I, I, I don't know. We went there on Sunday, and uh, it, there wasn't a lot of resupply. And, and so uh, I guess I, I've been remiss. I've been running from a television studio to radio interview, and uh, so I haven't had a chance to go to the supermarket. But uh, that's what they're saying on television. And, and uh, you know, our, our, uh, what happened was that the Home Front Command put out orders two nights ago saying that everybody had to stock up on three days uh three days of food and batteries and everything so that if we need to we can sit in our our uh, our bomb shelters for 72 hours and um and then they said oh no it's just a recommendation and yada yada so um but that initial call did cause a panic and um you know, I know I wanted to run out to the gas station, get bottled water, and my husband said, you know, we can get it from the sink. It's okay, you know. Uh, but, uh, but uh, you know, th- yeah, I mean, it, it did cause a panic in that sense that everybody said, oh, we've got to go on. Caroline Glick is the uh, senior contributing editor of the Jewish News Syndicate. She's the host of the Caroline, Caroline uh, Glick Show, which is on JSS, also the diplomatic commentator for Israel's Channel 14, as well as a columnist for Newsweek magazine. Thank you so much for your update, and we wish you well. Thank you. Bye-bye. WABC News Time 516. Let's head over to the 77 WABC Sports Desk where we find Justin Ellis. Thank you, Noam Aladin. Did I talk slow enough for you to make your way all the way over to the the desk? MLB playoffs. We have our first championship series bound squad in the Texas Rangers who completed the sweep of the Orioles last night with a convincing 7-1 win in Game 3 of the ALDS against Baltimore. After winning 101 games on the air and being, being crowned the American League East Division champs, the, uh, the O's are out in Minnesota. The Astros handled the, uh, the Twins with ease, basking them 9-1 to to take a two-games-to-one lead in that division series. Things will stay in Minnesota, where Game 4 between the Strohs and Twins is set for tonight at 7.07 p.m. Eastern Time. In the National League, the Atlanta Braves and Phillies are not at a game apiece, heading into that NLDS Game 3, set for 5.07 p.m. first pitch this evening. Finally, in Arizona, the Diamondbacks will try and complete the series sweep of the 100-win L.A. Dodgers. Game 3 of that series is scheduled for later on tonight at 9.07 p.m. On the ice, the regular season officially got underway for the NHL last night. We won't get any local action until tomorrow, but opening night did not disappoint. With the Lightning beating the Predators, the Blackhawks besting the Penguins in Connor Bedard's pro debut. 
and the Golden Knights burying the Kraken. Again, we'll get that local action get going tomorrow. No, that's sports, and I'm Justin Ellick on 77 WABC. WABC News Time 519. Let's go down to D.C. where all the talk is about this war in Gaza. President Biden calling the attacks by Hamas on Israel an act of sheer evil. More than 1,000 civilians slaughtered. I just go slaughtered in Israel. Among them, at least 14 American citizens killed. American citizens also among those being held hostage by Hamas. We do not know the number. Israel not releasing what it knows about those hostages. The United States has Israel's back. We will make sure the Jewish and Democratic state of Israel can defend itself today, tomorrow, as we always have. It was interesting to hear Caroline Gluck talk about that it doesn't seem like Hezbollah. Hezbollah is in the north of Israel, seems to be intimidated by what the president said yesterday at the White House and that they've been shooting rockets off into the north as we're speaking, uh, the northern part of Israel, not the southern part where the Gaza incursion took place. There's no justification for terrorism. There's no excuse. Hamas does not stand for the Palestinian people's right to dignity and self-determination. The stated purpose is the annihilation of the state of Israel and the murder of Jewish people. The U.S. Uh, sending military support to Israel now in its war with Hamas. Let me repeat what we've now said many times and what the president said just a short while ago. So that everyone, including enemies who are thinking of exploiting the current situation, hear it loud and clear. The United States has always and will always have Israel's back. That's National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan says the Biden administration surging military assistance, including ammunition and those interceptors to replenish the Iron Dome. The Iron Dome is what's knocked down so many of the rockets that have been fired into Israel. As Karine just said, the president has been deeply engaged in giving direction to his national security team to take action to support Israel in its hour of need. The United States has surged ammunition and interceptors for Iron Dome. And the president spoke with Prime Minister Netanyahu just a little while ago to talk about additional capabilities that Israel will need. And he pledged that American planes will be landing in Israel with those capabilities in the days ahead. And the talk, of course, is those hostages in Gaza. Are they alive? What will they do? The U.S. can't confirm how many Americans are being held uh, held there, but they say there are Americans among those hostages. We mourn for all their lives. And we're actively working with Israelis to determine the whereabouts of the missing, including missing American citizens. We are working with the Israeli government and with our regional partners on every aspect of the hostage crisis, including sharing intelligence and deploying experts from across the U.S. government to advise the Israeli government and coordinate with them on hostage recovery efforts. Yeah, so we're getting more information about those American hostages today. One of them we had told you yesterday was from Long Island. Uh, they asked that they not be identified. But family members of four Israeli Americans believe their loved ones are being held hostage. This part of the problem is as they haven't identified all the dead, and which is now more than 1,200 Israelis. And so... People are missing, not responding to their cell phones. They don't know where they are. And so the initial thought is either they're dead or being held hostage. As they recover, unfortunately, that death toll comes up more of those bodies. Those people are taken off the list. Um, and so this is part of the problem is they don't know for sure who's there. Uh, Ruby Chen uh, grew up in New York, uh, held a press conference in Tel Aviv yesterday. His son, Itai, is serving in the Israeli army and is missing in action today. Please do not think of us only as a headline. We're more than that. 
Jonathan Deckelchen, another speaker who sat behind photos of their loved ones saying their 35-year-old son Sakai was kidnapped from a kibbutz on Saturday. Formal indication that we received from the IDF is that he is defined as missing in action. He's an arm length away in Gaza, evidently, but couldn't be farther from me and our family right now. Yeah, just devastating for these families back here. Uh, Families of Americans missing in Israel asking the U.S. government to act right now. All we ask from the Biden administration and the Secretary of State, Lincoln, is to act to the immediate release of all hostages one mother said she knew the last message she got from her son saying, I'm sorry, meant something had happened and that would cause her to worry. I knew immediately wherever he was, it was a terrible situation. I took it to mean I love you and I'm sorry because whatever is going to happen is going to cause you tremendous pain and worry. And these families say they're trying to get as much attention as possible. They say they're worried the window to save their loved ones is closing, especially with Israeli troops amassing on the southern border, looking to go in for a ground war. And rightfully so, they're worried their loved ones would not survive that. They were put on a pickup truck and driven away by Hamas. And then the police told us one thing they knew is that the last known signal, cell signal from his phone was on the border with Gaza. And as you heard from Caroline Gluck, the reporter we had on earlier from live from uh, right outside Jerusalem, she says uh, the terrorists has been using those cell phones to call the families, which is just, you know, just horrendous. And obviously not giving them much information on their loved ones, just threatening them. And then back here, we were talking with Brooklyn City Councilwoman uh, Ina Vernikov yesterday, and she says her office has uh, received and fielded about a few thousand calls and emails from New Yorkers who are stuck in Israel today with no way to go home. Over 2,500 calls and emails from Israel people begging they're desperate to get out of the war zone. The United States right now has no plans to evacuate Americans, which is absolutely insane. It is unacceptable. The councilwoman says she hopes the airline with uh, regular flights to Israel will put those planes back up in the air soon. I can tell you from personal experience, my father, who is desperate to get back home to Israel, was just vacationing with us when this all took place, can't get a flight back there either. Um, some people have been able to get on El Al. That seems to be, that's the official Israeli airline. That's the only one that seems to be up in the air. The Jewish community is in shock. They're terrified. People are contacting me and asking me how they can get their concealed carry. Really heightened fear of attacks happening here. I've received... Now, there have been a flights that have gotten through. Uh, Gabriel got into JFK Airport from Israel yesterday. Here's how he described it. I was in synagogue on Saturday morning, and that's why we had constant alerts. So when we came out of synagogue, we heard the booms, all the booms, and there was no one in the streets. Yeah, so as of this hour, we checked just a short time ago, American Airlines, United Airlines, Delta have all suspended service to Israel. The uh, State Department issuing those travel advisories for the region. And the airlines just don't want to put their crews in harm's way by sending them to Israel. And that's part of the problem of getting people back home. I heard the sirens and I said to myself, am I hearing what I think I'm hearing? And then we heard the booms. Yeah, and then we're hearing from Israeli families who live here with loved ones who want to go back to fight in Israel. And some of them have been able to get onto flights. I'm heartbroken and I'm so scared for him and everybody in Israel. And I'm just praying 
All we can do is pray. Yeah, we'll continue coverage on this on 77 WABC. Keep it here all day long. We'll have the latest on what's going on in Gaza and Israel. It's the 77 WABC News Hour. Talking the news with Noah Layden. All the news you need to know with Joe Nolan, Traffic, Justin Ellick, Sports. And now, talking the news with Noah on 77 WABC. Yep, that's me, 532. Good morning. It is Wednesday, October 11th. Your forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center. Sun, clouds, just a beautiful day on the way. High 70. Tonight, overnight, a few clouds. Low 53, and we'll do the same all over again tomorrow. Sunshine, high 71. If you're walking out the door with us right now, so happy you are. 50 and clear in Orangeburg up in Rockland County. 47 and clear in Salem down in New Jersey. And it is 53, a couple clouds in the sky right here in Midtown. We'll start this half hour in Jamesburg, New Jersey. Crazy scene. Two dozen first responders helping rescue a cemetery worker who became trapped in a grave yesterday afternoon. It happened at Holy Cross Cemetery on Cranberry Road. A funeral service had just wrapped up when the 47-year-old worker fell through a wood board about six feet down into an open grave. He appeared to separate his shoulder so he could not get out himself. These crews worked overtime to uh, shore up the hole so they could get the worker out. Thankfully, they did. Uh, He was rescued in about an hour's time, taken to the hospital for treatment. Thank God he's going to be okay. Uh, Out to Long Island, federal prosecutors on Long Island filing new criminal charges against Congressman George Santos yesterday, accusing him, among other things, of stealing people's identities and making changes on his own donors' credit cards without their permission, then lying to federal election officials about it. The 23-count superseding indictment also includes charges such as wire fraud, making false statements to the uh, FEC, the Federal Election Commission, and money laundering. Uh, George Santos uh, says uh, he's going to get his day in court. We'll, we'll explain this all. You're all acting like I'm not entitled to due process and innocent well, until I'm proven guilty. I'm nothing. I mean, I'm just going to go defend myself. The charges follow the indictment last week of Santos's former campaign finance chief, Nancy. Nancy Marks. Let's bring it back into the city. Mayor Adams says he's going to meet with former President Bill Clinton following his trip to Central and South America. He played a significant role in the Columbia plan years ago when we were dealing with narcotics. Uh, I'm going to ask his feedback on some of the ideas that were presented to me. Yeah, what was interesting is Bill Clinton was on with our owner and operator, John Casamitidis, on his roundtable show on Sunday. It was two weeks ago, and he asked him about the migrant issue. And President Clinton said he would tell Mayor Adams that they should put the migrants in places where there are jobs and where there's no objections to them like they do in Canada. He says Canada doesn't have the issue with the migrants because they put them where people are more open open to that and where there are available jobs. So I have a feeling that's maybe what he'll tell Mayor Adams when he sits down with them. But I have to try everything to help this city deal with this crisis that we are facing. Mayor Adams also yesterday going before the cameras and reporters at City Hall to get his COVID booster shot. All of you New Yorkers, if you ride the subways, if you're going to be sitting down celebrating the holiday, if you're going to be going out to the theater, whatever you do, protect yourself, 
With uh, colder weather now here, holidays around the corner, the number of COVID cases for sure will rise. Of course, it's senior citizens most at risk, but the mayor says everybody should roll up their sleeves. And now that we enter the fall and holiday season, many of us are going to be sitting down together celebrating the holiday. We want to continue to protect our families. I love to know what the number is of people getting this booster. My guess is the numbers are quite low. I don't seem to know too many people who have gotten it. Uh, but uh, it's easy to get. If you set up an appointment, you can go right into a pharmacy or wherever, a doctor's office, and get one. Here was the uh, city's health commissioner urging people to get the updated COVID booster as well. It could be the difference between you being hospitalized um, or just riding through the illness um, at home safely. For the rest of us, it's going to reduce your symptoms, even if you get COVID. WABC News Time 538. Retired NYPD cop, former Lee Zeldin running mate, Allison Esposito, announcing a run for Congress in the Hudson Valley. Esposito looking to secure the Republican nomination for the 18th Congressional District, currently held by Democrat Pat Ryan. Our streets are less secure when our border is wide open. Deadly drugs and criminals are flooding in, transforming every state into a border state. Not on my watch. Zeldin, who unsuccessfully ran for governor last year, endorsing Esposito. For parents who want their children to be able to walk safely to our parks, to defend the police departments like mine that radicals want to defund, to protect small business owners who have been overrun by crime. Republicans think they can pick off that seat. 539, a video shows a woman shooting inside the Bristol, Connecticut police station lobby. 51-year-old Suzanne LaPrice walks into the lobby of the Bristol Police Department on North Main Street about 11.30 in the morning. She knocks on the glass of the receptionist. There's nobody there. Then she takes out her gun and starts firing at the glass. As you might guess, it is bulletproof. Uh, She does no real damage. Then, of course, the police officers who are on duty hear the gunfire. They start racing towards her. Uh, One officer takes two shots at her, misses. Uh, She apparently fires back. Trouble came to them in their police lobby, and they obviously had to respond to it, uh, take the proper tactics and cover and uh, situation with respect to maintaining their safety, but again, also trying to maintain the safety of the uh, offender here and get her the help that she needs. Yes, so in the end, thankfully, nobody was hurt. The police officer, this woman, was not hurt either. Uh, They think she wanted death by or suicide by cop. Not really clear. She is apparently getting the mental health now, mental health help that she needs. Uh, up to State Senator Jim Tedesco in upstate New York, who represents the region where that girl, remember that girl that was kidnapped at Moreau Lake State Park? He's introducing a bill now that would require cameras at exit and entrances to all state-run parks. When that nine-year-old was kidnapped two weeks ago, there was no cameras that called images of her because there was no cameras at the park. He wants to change that. There are a lot of isolated areas in these parks. So uh, we need the people who came in and the people who came out and to get that time frame and have an availability of that. So under this proposal, cameras would capture license plate and vehicle information and pictures of people. Could have been one hour, two hours. It could have been 40 minutes, uh, not 48 hours. 
uh, and we could have found this girl a lot earlier. Yeah, he said if those cameras had been there, they would have found that nine-year-old faster. The good news was they found the nine-year-old, and she was okay. 542 down to Washington. There's growing optimism that congressional Republicans will pick a new House speaker. Texas uh, Congressman Mike McCall says the world is watching what they do. They're seeing a dysfunctional democracy. This is what... The Ayatollah wants, and we need to prove him wrong. The GOP set to hold a closed-door vote today. The two front runners remain House Majority Leader Steve Scalise and Judiciary Committee Chair Jim Jordan, but there are actually still some calling for former Speaker Kevin McCarthy to return to his old gig. Regardless of your differences, we need to come together and nominate and elect the speaker so we can move forward in a very dangerous time. Yeah, uh, the Congress wants to pick the House speaker because of everything going on in the Middle East, and they want to be able to appropriate funds there. Every time you project weakness, you invite aggression, and we've seen that after Afghanistan. We see it with Russia and Ukraine. And now we're seeing with Iran and Hamas and Israel. We'll see if Republicans can come to a compromise later today. 543. New Yorkers seem to be torn on whether Robert F. Kennedy Jr. can win the presidency as an independent. There are people out there who say, hey, maybe he's the guy who can do it. The last time it was the late 1800s that an independent won. I don't think he's got a shot as an independent. When's the last independent became president? Nothing's going to change. It's a two-party system. It's all fixed. It's all rigged. I'm sure he's going to catch a lot of flack for it, but... I don't know if an independent party is going to be able to carry enough votes to actually get a candidate truly elected. The 69-year-old was originally running as a Democrat, but said his announcement on Monday that he'll be running as a third-party candidate was to declare his independence from all parties and so he could do his own thing. Now, you can remember, uh, you might imagine RFK Jr.'s family not happy with this decision, so tied to the Democratic Party for so many decades. They were criticizing the decision. Uh, Carrie Kennedy calling her brother's independent bid dangerous to the nation. Uh, here's what New Yorkers had to say. Good. Good for him. We need another uh, person out there. We need someone neutral. Well, I think we need to shake it up a little. I think it's good. I think we need something different. It's an open field right now, but they do need a change. And while we're talking politics out in California, Los Angeles Dodgers legend Steve Garvey, remember him uh he was on he was on the cover of playgirl he was dating all kinds of hollywood actresses at the prime of his baseball career with the dodgers in the late 70s early 80s uh he is now going to run for senate he wants to run as a republican for the seat formerly held by the late diane feinstein it's time to get off the bench it's time to put the uniform on it's time to get back in the game join team garvey at SteveGarvey.com. Okay, so you're asking lots of questions. How old is he? He's 74 now, 74-year-old. Uh, he was a one-time National League MVP. Uh, he played ball from 69 all the way to 87. He had a long career, including 14 years with the Dodgers, where he became a legend. And people think, hey, this guy's got a shot. Now I'm running for the U.S. Senate in California, a state that I believe at one time was the heartbeat of America. Now it's just a murmur. And there's another rumored candidacy, candidacy Arnold Schwarzenegger might want the seat. He hasn't really officially said one way or another, 
But as Frank uh, pointed out on the other side of Midnight Overnight, uh, he has a book and a documentary out at the same time. So, of course, anybody who wants to talk about his run for office, he'll engage them because it will sell more books and get more eyeballs on that Netflix documentary, which, by the way, is fantastic. You should watch it. 545, let's head over to the 77 WABC Sports Desk where we find Justin Ellick. Thank you, Noah Malayden. Start on the diamond here with the MLB playoffs. We have our first championship series bounce squad and the Texas Rangers who completed the sweep of the Orioles last night with a convincing 7-1 win in game three of the ALDS against Baltimore. After winning 101 games on the year and being crowned the American League East division champs, the O's are now officially eliminated in Minnesota. The Astros handled the Twins with ease, besting them 9-1 to to take a two-games-to-one lead in that division series. Things will stay in Minnesota, where Game 4 between the Strohs and Twins is set for tonight at 7.07 p.m. Eastern Time. In the National League, the Atlanta Braves and Phillies are nodded at a game apiece heading into that NLDS Game 3, set for a 5.07 p.m. first pitch this evening. Finally, in Arizona, the Diamondbacks will try and complete the series sweep of the 100-win L.A. Dodgers. Game three of that series is scheduled for later on tonight at 9.07 p.m. on the ice. The regular season officially got underway for the NHL last night. We won't get any local action until tomorrow, but opening night did not disappoint with the Lightning beating the Preds. So the Blackhawks besting the Penguins in Connor Bedard's pro debut. And the Golden Knights burying the Kraken. Once again, we've got local action for you all set up for tomorrow night. Now, and that's sports, and I'm Justin Allen. On 77 WABC. That you are. Thank you very much. WABC News Time 548. Let's get you up on the big stories of the morning. The number of Israelis murdered during Hamas's invasion of the South over the weekend, it rose to 1,200 this morning as the Israel Defense Forces continued to pummel Palestinian terror assets in the Gaza Strip overnight. Overnight, Tuesday, the Israel Air Force hit more than 200 targets in Gaza in the city's Al-Furqan neighborhood. It's called a terror nest for Hamas, from which many activities against Israel have been carried out. It was the third strike in that area just in the past 24 hours. Among the more than 2,400 Hamas targets that have been hit across the Strip in five days of war were weapons storage facilities, uh, command and control centers, and naval assets. The operational headquarters of the Palestinian Islamic Jihad terrorist organization's rocket force was apparently attacked as well. That is just more horrendous news about this massacre came out over the last 24 hours. Maybe you saw this Hamas terrorist murdered approximately 40 babies as part of their attack on Kibbutz Kafar Aza on Saturday. They think as many as 17, 70 militants uh, ran into this kibbutz right on the border near uh, Gaza and carried out one of what was many crimes uh, across Israel on Saturday. Then back at the White House, President Biden calling the attacks by Hamas on Israel an act of sheer evil. More than 1,000 civilians slaughtered, not just killed, slaughtered in Israel. Among them, at least 14 American citizens killed. And we should point out, by the way, we got this news just in the last 45 minutes or so. So there is a war going on in the southern part of Israel between Hamas and Israel. 
And in the last hour, more a barrage of rockets went into the Galilee, which is in the northern part of the country, a couple hours away. And those rockets are coming from a separate terrorist organization, Hezbollah. So now the thought is Israel might be fighting a war on two fronts in the coming days. Here was the president yesterday. The United States has Israel's back. We will make sure the Jewish and Democratic state of Israel can defend itself today, tomorrow, as we always have. There's no justification for terrorism. There's no excuse. Hamas does not stand for the Palestinian people's right to dignity and self-determination. The state of purpose is the annihilation of the state of Israel on the murder of Jewish people. The uh, U.S. sending military support to Israel in its war with Hamas. Let me repeat what we've now said many times and what the president said just a short while ago, so that everyone, including enemies who are thinking of exploiting the current situation, hear it loud and clear. The United States has always and will always have Israel's back. That's National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan says the White House surging military assistance, including ammunition in those interceptors that replenish the Iron Dome. The Iron Dome is what has knocked down so many of the rockets that have been fired from the south and now apparently the north before they hit the ground. As Corrine just said, the president has been deeply engaged in giving direction to his national security team to take action to support Israel in its hour of need. The United States has surged ammunition and interceptors for Iron Dome. And the president spoke with Prime Minister Netanyahu just a little while ago to talk about additional capabilities that Israel will need. And he pledged that American planes will be landing in Israel with those capabilities in the days ahead. So here's what we know on the American side. 14 Americans killed so far. There is a number of Americans who are being held hostage uh, in Gaza. The number is unclear as they try to sort out in Israel still how many are dead and how many might be held hostage as they go town by town looking for more victims. Uh, so the U.S. trying to figure this out. We mourn for all their lives and we're actively working with Israelis to determine the whereabouts of the missing, including missing American citizens. We are working with the Israeli government and with our regional partners on every aspect of the hostage crisis including sharing intelligence and deploying experts from across the U.S. government to advise the Israeli government and coordinate with them on hostage recovery efforts. And we're watching the anguish of these American families who may have loved ones who are now being held hostage in Gaza. Family members of four Israeli Americans believe their loved ones are being held by Hamas, including two with ties to Connecticut and New York. Ruby Chen grew up in New York and at a press conference in Tel Aviv says uh, his son was serving in the Israeli military when he went missing in action. Please do not think of us only as a headline. We're more than that. Connecticut native Jonathan Deckel Chen, another speaker at this press conference yesterday, sitting behind photos of his loved one, saying his 35-year-old son, Sakai, was kidnapped from their family's kibbutz over the weekend. Formal indication that we received from the IDF is that he is defined as missing in action. Now, we heard from a reporter earlier today that some of these families have actually been getting calls from the terrorists. They didn't share what those calls went like, but awfully frightening. He's an arm length away in Gaza, evidently, but couldn't be farther from me. Yeah, their family right now. And these families of the Americans missing in Israel asking the U.S. government to intervene, but it's not clear how they will. All we ask from the Biden administration... And the Secretary of State, Lincoln, 
is to act to the immediate release of all hostages. And one of the uh, mothers of one of these kids who's missing said she did get one last message from her son saying he was sorry. He was at that rave, the concert, where 250 were killed. I knew immediately, wherever he was, it was a terrible situation. I took it to mean, I love you and I'm sorry because whatever is going to happen is going to cause you tremendous pain and worry. Yeah, such heartbreak. They were put on a pickup truck and driven away by Hamas. And then the police told us one thing they knew is that the last known signal, cell signal from his phone was on the border with Gaza. And uh, Brooklyn City Councilwoman uh, Ina Vernikov, I spoke with her yesterday. She says her office has fielded a few thousand calls and emails from New Yorkers who are stuck in Israel. The uh, reason so many people are stuck there was the week the attack took place was one of the biggest vacation weeks of the year in Israel because all the holidays come at once. And so for Jewish Americans who send their kids to like a Jewish day school, it's a huge time to go to Israel. So that's why so many are stuck there and uh, unable to get back home. Over 2,500 calls and emails from Israel, people begging, they're desperate to get out of the war zone. The United States right now has no plans to evacuate Americans, which is absolutely insane. It is unacceptable. We've been watching is uh, there are flights if you go uh, online, United, uh, Delta, airlines like that. But um, you book them and then they're canceled. The Jewish community is in shock. They're terrified. People are contacting me and asking me how they can get their concealed carry really heightened fear of attacks happening here. I've received so American Airlines, United Airlines, Delta Air, they have all suspended service. The uh, State Department issuing travel advisories for Israel and the airlines say, look, we're just trying to protect our crew. So we're not going to fly until we know it's 100 percent safe to do so. Keep it here. 77 WABC all day long for the latest on what's going on in Gaza and Israel.